T-Pain, bro. I just auto-tuned. Welcome to Third and Masala Fantasy Football Podcast. Give it up for your host, Stages Ramalingam! Hey everyone, welcome back to the third Masala Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, we are on three straight pods in a row. This is what happens when I have all this time to sit in my room. I'm basically like finish dinner and go upstairs and I'm like, well, time to do nothing until I go to bed. But I've got some podcast time today, so I will try to get all of the pods done and then upload all of them. But so that you guys will get a steady stream of scheduled podcasts paced out throughout, excuse me, paced out throughout the week, next week and a half, uh, in hopes that we will then get a, uh, ideally I'll get through all of the power rankings. I think I probably have two more episodes of power rankings, including this one. So ideally we will get to have one for the rest of this week and then one early next one sometime early to middle next week before the season starts to kind of do some matchups and things like that um those that one will be probably a shorter shorter podcast hopefully fingers crossed but uh this season i want to keep doing the pods but i'm going to do i think i'm just going to do my goal is to probably keep everything solo uh, unless things get a little samey We'll see how it goes. If I just keep saying the same things over and over again, uh, I don't want y'all to have to listen to me rant about the same things over and over again. So, Will's played by ear. Uh, I think last time, last year, I the pod kind of fell off really early. So this year, I'm hoping we can get a full, strong season of podcast action. Cool. With that... Let us jump right into the next set of ranks, which are tight end. So, you guys may not agree with how I rank the tight ends, on how I incorporated tight end rankings into the overall team ranks. Uh, and if you don't, that's too bad. This is my podcast, and I'll do what I want. Uh, so, I'll just give a quick explanation on how these are going to be different from the rest of the rankings. So I think everyone is generally under the same consensus that there's really like a top three, then kind of like the next two, and then the rest. Um, And I wanted to, for the tight ends, taking a tight end in the early rounds hampers your team negatively in other aspects, right? So when you're taking a tight end early, you can essentially you're essentially saying, all right, I'm gonna give get myself a significant advantage in this one position, but hamper myself somewhere else. So, for example, with my team, I took Kyle Pitts early, right? I could have taken Zeke instead of Kyle Pitts, and then my running backs would have been Saquon and Zeke, and my wide receivers would have been chasing AJ Brown. Perfectly acceptable. Those are pretty good. Um, 
But what I did was I basically sacrificed my RB2 position to get pits. And if you look at the uh, everyone that had everyone that kind of reached for an early round, um, an early round uh, tight end, sorry, sacrifice either a running back two position or a wide receiver two position. And I think so. Basically, the way I ranked it was to account for that level of advantage. I didn't give everyone just the same type of scoring. So. For running backs and wide receivers, if you were the seventh best or the sixth best, I gave you a seven or a six. I didn't really go like, oh wow, this team, this running back is a, they're technically the seventh best, but they're so much better than the sixth best that I want to give them the sixth best like a five or a four. But what I did with the tight ends was to help kind of distinguish that to, uh, in the full power rankings to give that distinguish or you know. Distinguish the, um, apparently that's my favorite word, distinguish. To distinguish the um, weight of those premium tight ends, uh, I gave the top three, you know, 10, 9, and 8 points. After that, I kind of went straight back, straight down to like 5, 4, and then the rest are like 1s and 2s. Uh, to really highlight, I think, the impact of those top tight ends uh, and where the value of the tight end quickly drops off. Alright, so that may not be the best way to do it, but that's how it makes that made sense to me while I was putting this together. Um, so from now that I've kind of given you an overview, understanding that like uh, the top tier tight ends have a little bit more weight here compared to uh, compared uh, compared to a bad tight end. Let's get started. So. How I'm going to do this then, and I know last time I went from worst to best, this one will be more of a tiered approach because I feel like there's a couple of tiers of running of uh, tight ends. So starting from tier one, I kind of think tier one, I think a lot of analysts and maybe even generally people feel like tier one is Kelsey and just Kelsey. I kind of disagree. I think tier one consists of all of the big three, Kelsey, Pitts, and Andrews. Uh, and I'll kind of explain why. I still think Kelsey's number one, so I did give Avnish 10 points, like maximum rating for his tight end. Um, but I think Kelsey, Pitts, and Andrews all have something about them that make that differentiates each other, them from each other to kind of keep them in a similar, similar area. Um, so starting with Kelsey, uh, obviously he's the I think he's the best tight end in the league. He's got arguably the best quarterback in the league, if not arguably, uh, in Mahomes throwing to him, and Amnish does have that. We'll get to it later, but does have that Mahomes and uh, Kelsey stack, which is always amazing. Uh, which honestly is probably better than maybe even better than the Diggs Josh Allen stack. To be honest. Anyway, so uh, with Kelsey, there's a couple of things with Kelsey now. You've got one, the fact that he is now the uh, the number one target. It's no longer Tyreek. And two, the fact that even though he's the number one Tyreek, uh, number one uh, option for Mahomes, 
the rest of the team around him is kind of bad. His offensive line isn't that great. His running backs aren't that great. His supporting wide receivers aren't that great. It's just him and Mahomes. Uh, and because of that, I kind of feel and um, that plus his age, um, kind of catching up to him. Uh, he's a very physical, fast, wins at all levels of the football field kind of receiver. Uh, so I think people like receivers like him will slowly either they have to change how they are used, or they will slow. You know, they'll fall off eventually. And you know, I think Kel- uh, Kelsey's turning. Is 33 now, so he's kind of old. He's pretty old for football. Uh, getting there, I think he got he's a generational talent, so I think he's gonna be good enough. He's still good this year and still good for a few more years. But I think we're gonna start seeing a little bit of decline from Kelsey. Uh, if you didn't even see it last, if you you maybe even saw it last year. Um, one thing I know, Abhishek reached for that Kelsey pick early on, and he. Yeah, I remember him, him saying he kind of regretted it that for the value that the amount of draft capital he put into Kelsey, Kelsey was good but not good enough, right? And it makes sense because I think Mark Andrews is the number one tight end. You can't spend a first or second round pick on a tight end for another tight end to really beat you. Um, so to be honest, I think early tight end is actually a pretty risky, risky move. It's a very high upside move. Because you will basically crush a high-end tight end, crushes every other tight end in the league uh, on a point-to-point daily, like weekly uh, basis. But again, it's a risk. So I still think Kelsey's a one, but I think there's also a possibility that Andrews or Pitts does better than him this year. Uh, so I still want to. I, I gave him. I niche the maximum points here, but I think. I don't put. I know a lot of analysts that do put Kelsey in his own tier, but for me, I put all three of them in the same tier. Cool. Moving on to number two with BZ's team, um, with Andrews. So Mark Andrews was the number one tight end last year, and my worry with Mark Andrews was he was amazing the one year I had him. Then he was pretty bad the year after. And he was incredible again last year. I understand he's got a crazy amount of volume. He does have an injury risk as well. But he's got a crazy amount of volume. Uh, he's the number one pass catcher. You know, they did lose Hollywood Brown. They got Bateman, but Bateman's more of like a slot guy. Uh, he's not really a slot guy, but he's not a... He's not like that red zone target, right? That is uh, Mark Andrews. My fear for Mark Andrews is which I think most people fear, is that this is not going to be as heavy of a passing offense as it was before. Uh, I know I, I, <laughs> I'm talking about tight ends, and all I'm doing is knocking each tight end down. Um, but I, keep in mind, I still think Kelsey's going to be amazing and is going to be the best. And I still think uh, Andrews is going to get is going to return in his in his investment. But I'm just pointing out that there are some risks here. Uh, my worry with Andrews really is, and why I have him under Kelsey, even though he outperformed Kelsey last year, is because 
are they going to pass as much? They passed last year out of necessity. They lost J.K. Dobbins. They lost uh, Gus Edwards. They had Tyson Williams, Latavius Murray. You know, they, uh, uh, what's his name? Devonta Freeman. They, they had everyone, every running back over the age of 30. Slash, like, Tyson Williams, who I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. Um, running behind that line. So Lamar kind of had to throw a lot. I think that was their high. Last year was their highest pass volume under Lamar. I think even on even um, including Lamar's MVP season, because I had Andrews when Lamar was MVP and he was still not as good as he was last year. Uh, I think he had over a hundred and six targets. The only tight end with over a hundred. Uh, or reception, sorry. I think he's the only tight end with over 100 receptions. He also led, I think, all tight ends and touchdowns. He was, he was insane. Um, yeah, so I just don't think that that volume is still going to be there. I think he's still going to be good, but I think instead of like a 10-catch, uh, you know, 85-yard touchdown kind of guy, he's going to be like a 5-catch, 65-yard touchdown guy. Maybe a 6-catch, you know, like... A really good tight end, but he may not return that early with investment. In, is my is my thing. Anyway, um, Pitts, and maybe he. You know what? No, sorry. I feel like he will return the investment, but he may not. He's not going to be Kelsey. I don't think. Let's see. Cool. Then Kyle Pitts. I gave uh, eight points. So Kyle Pitts. I think everything about it is amazing. I think. Lining up, he's a tight end that essentially plays wide receiver. So he is essentially a, a, another wide receiver in a tight end slot. He gets the wide receiver volume. He gets wide receiver yards. He gets everything, really. He gets wide receiver matchups. So he gets cor- corners like corners that are half his size. He gets linebackers that are half as slow as him, I think. He lines up more than Kelsey and I think 50% of hits is... Um, snaps are lined up out wide as a wide receiver and that's the most out of any tight end in the league including Kelsey and Andrews I think the only one who um, competes competed with that there was one who competed with that but they weren't very good Evan Ingram Evan Ingram I think most almost all his snaps are were out wide and not as a tight end Anyway, so you have that. Uh, much like Andrews and Kelsey, Pitts is their best receiving target, best offensive weapon. Honestly, best best offensive player. I feel like um, with the Ravens and the Chiefs, you technically would say Lamar and Mahomes um, are the best. Uh, but even when you include the quarterback, I would say Pitts is still better than Mariota. Um, but I, I'm pretty high on Pitts this year because last year he had the lowest touchdown rate ever. He's, I think, the only player who's ever thrown up in the history of the NFL. He's thrown up 100, 1,000 yards receiving. And this is including wide receivers. 1,000 yards receiving and less than six touchdowns or something like that. Uh, so him only having one touchdown all year. That should change a little bit. I don't know if the difference between Mariota and Ryan is going to... Ryan is better, definitely. But I wonder if the difference is so astronomical that Pitts won't be much better. Uh, Pitts also had the second best rookie season of all time behind uh, Mike Ditka. We all know how that, how that turned out. 
Uh, and when you compare him to a wide receiver, he was he just in receiving yards alone, he had about almost exactly the same as Michael Pittman did last year. Um, he was a thousand yard receiver as a tight end. Uh, so I think there, there's a in, in the preseason, right? He played one snap, like one, one, like one series, caught a fifty-two yard pass, and I was like, all right, I'm good. Um, and even if something happens to Mariota, maybe just come back. They have a pretty promising. I forgot his name, but I remember the quarterback on the Falcons, the rookie, has been Dieter, Dieter, something like that. He's been pretty hyped up, so I feel pretty good about him. But again. The downside here is, my worry is, is Pitts good enough to escape like that Waller situation from last year? Waller basically was doubled, tripled every single possession, and the court and Derek Carr was not good enough to like continue to keep getting involved. Right? They basically that's why part of why Hunter Renfro just went off. There was no one else left. Kelsey and uh, Andrews still get schemed in. They're still gonna get theirs. Um, but it's it's gonna still get his because we've seen really amazing tight end seasons from Aaron Ingram, right? Amazing tight end seasons that just like don't lead to anything else of that later. So there's also that worry. It's a downgrading quarterback. The offensive line is so so. Uh, wide receivers are so the what you know. Calvin Ridley's gone. Uh, they do have Drake London, who's supposed to be really good, but he's still a rookie. So it's a pretty young team. Even their running back, uh, Algier, um, pretty new. He's a rookie. So that's kind of where my hesitation is with Pitts. However, last time uh, Mariota had a tight end as his number one target, it was Delaney Walker. And I think Delaney Walker ended up being top uh, top five tight end every single time. So I feel pretty good about it. Pitts is, until Amy Walker was good, but Pitts is on another level of, like, greatest tight end prospect of all time type of person. So I feel, to be honest, part of me feels confident that Pitts can overcome Andrews, but not enough to really rate Andrews over Pitts, or Pitts over Andrews. Um, and one thing I didn't mention about Andrews that was a concern for me as well is J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards coming back. Um, Dobbins, I know, said he was going to be ready for week one, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I think he's probably like week two or week three. Uh, Gus Edwards, I think he's going to miss at least five, four to five weeks. Uh, my guess is he may miss like majority of the season because his injury was even worse than J.K. Dobbins's. I think it was more than just an ACL as well. So I think like, you know, the whole Kenyon Drake signing, things like that, I think that's more of like a Gus Edwards is pretty far away than it is a J.K. Dobbins thing. J.K. Dobbins is super far away. So my uh, worry is that you're going to have all these running backs back, and that's going to even that's going to push lower the passing volume even more. Um, yeah. So the next one. So that's my that's my first tier. The next tier is. Honestly, it's a tier, but it's only one player, and it's Darren Waller. I've got Darren Waller here because I think, one, the offense is going to open up a little bit more for him with Hunter Renfrew there, uh, still there, uh, but now he has Devontae Adams. Darren Waller is no longer the number one threat on that team. Uh, Devontae Adams is. I think you'll see less like crazy volume for Darren Waller, but I think he'll be open more often. 
Uh, you'll probably, f- I still think he's going to be second to Devonte Adams as a red zone target, but you'll still see more touchdown opportunities. So I think the offense overall being better is great for Dan Waller. He is, he hasn't been in camp. My worry with him is that he hasn't been in camp all year. Um, I think it's a contract thing. Uh, it's recently come out that it's been a contract thing, and not an injury. Uh, and if that's the case, perfect. I think I think Waller may end up being the most value player, most value tight end to pick up. And normally I'm not a fan of mid round tight ends, but I think. Um, last time Waller went later in the draft, he ended up he ended up finishing as like a top top three tight end. Um, yeah, better offense. Maybe not getting. Maybe you won't get as many targets, um, but he'll have more. You know, more higher quality targets and more touchdown opportunities. I think Darren Waller fits here pretty well. So I yeah, I'm all about Darren Waller right now this season. So he's kind of in my own tier. I don't think he's up there with Kyle Pitts, uh, Andrews, or Kelsey, but he's pretty good. Okay. So my next tier, uh, but again, another one by itself, is Kittle. So Kittle, uh, I, sorry, I gave five points for Waller and four points for Kittle, so they're kind of around the same area. Uh, my problem with Kittle is... You've got a. I mentioned this when I was talking about Debo Samuel on the last podcast. You got Trey Lance, who's not really that good. I feel like the fact that they keep, like, I feel like generally when, you know, historically when you see a new the new quarterback coming in, they kick the old one out. You know, they kick out Philip Rivers for Herbert. They kicked out Alex Smith for Mahomes. They kicked out Tony Romo for Dak. Uh, but then you know they signed uh, Jimmy G. Again, and I think that I know some of it is like maybe they'll just trade him later on a cheaper contract, and when someone is more you know lost their quarterback and is desperate to continue to make a run and get a salvageable quarterback, then that's when they'll trade for Jimmy G. That's very possible, but I also think part of it could be a lack of there could be some level of lack of trust. Do we think that? Trey Lance is good enough to support Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and Kittle? I'm not sure. Uh, my problem with Kittle and why I'm not that high on him, and by the way, I, know, I didn't mention Levin has Kittle, so that's where that's where that's at. Part of why I'm not that high on Kittle is high injury risk every year, always hurt. Uh, he's really a blocking tight end first. He lo- I know he's even talked about how the favorite part about playing tight end for him is blocking. So compared to the other four above him, who are really primarily receivers in tight end position, Kittle is like a lineman on the in the tight end position. He he loves um, he's in charge of a lot of of the run blocking schemes for Debo. Um, there's so many running backs that are running plus Trey Lance who are running. That's a run first team. And Kittle's the primary block. Really one of the primary blockers. Uh, of course, when he's out there receiving, he, he lights it up. Uh, so, I, But I just think the focus of the run, on the run, the fact that he's primarily used in his blocking, and like a fact that there's going to be a low pass volume and the fact that he's an injury risk kind of had me pretty low on Kittle this year. He was essentially on my 
uh, do not draft list uh, for me personally, at least. And, and I think I'm lower than most people are on him. But anyway, with Kittle, uh, what? Yeah, that's, he obviously has the upside. He obviously has the upside of being, you know, one of the best tight ends in the league. In real life football, he definitely is. In fantasy, I'm kind of at a take it or leave it kind of um, mentality with Kittle. I'm not too excited about him. So, but I, but he is talented and he has the upside potential that I think the other tight ends on this list that were drafted do not. Cool. All right. So, the next one I want to talk about is I actually lumped um, Goddard and uh, right under Kittle. I think uh, Dallas Goddard is pretty good. He is on a run-focused team, but I think he's actually very, like, very, like a very good tight end and has that potential to... Like, if he ended higher than Kittle, I don't know if I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if he went higher. He finished higher than, like, Darren Waller. Uh, you know, assuming no injuries and all that stuff like that. But I don't think... I think finishing above Kittle is definitely in the outcomes. Uh, and Monmouth has Dar- uh, Dallas Goddard. So, uh, Dallas Goddard, I think... My thing is, he's obviously in a run-first team, just like Kittle is. Um, he's not really a... He's like an okay blocker, but he's really a receiving tight end as well. Uh, but he's... He's... Uh, you, you could say maybe he's the second target on the team, but I kind of think he's the third behind both A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Uh, so I don't, I'm not like super high on him, but I could totally see he's definitely the second best red zone target. I would say I'd still think A.J. Brown's a better red zone target, but I think Goddard is much better. He's going to be using the red zone way more than Devonta Smith will be. So uh, I think. If that offense, that team is really good right now, I think, on paper. Uh, and I think that he's going to, they, that the team's going to move the ball, be able to move the ball, score a good bit. And um, Goddard will have a lot of opportunities to score. He may not get a ton, ton, ton of yards or receptions, but I think he will rack up, he does have the potential to rack up a lot of TDs. So I've got him here pretty, uh, pretty nicely, I think. All right, so the next set, I've kind of looped all, lumped all of these together. Uh, Schultz, and Kumar, Kumar draft, who drafted Schultz, um, Rutch, who drafted Ertz, and Anthony, who drafted uh, Anthony, who drafted Dawson Knox, and Abhishek, who drafted TJ Hawkinson. I'm lower. I gave Hawkinson the lowest of the rating for all of them, personally. I know that's kind of like a hot take. <laughs> Uh, I think everyone loves Hawkinson. He has like all the um, intent, like the t- literal tangibles of the perfect tight end. He's huge. He's fast. He's a good receiver. He's a good blocker. He's got all of that. I just don't know if he's going to... I just haven't seen it yet outside of spurts. And I just don't know if Jared Goff is the one that's going to unlock him with so many other pieces on that offense. Anyway, before we get into Hawkinson. So Schultz, I actually... Since, since making the rankings, I've kind of gone a little up on Schultz. Um, with, you know, as I mentioned in the last podcast, CeeDee Lamb is really the only one there. Uh, but I think 
Dalton Schultz early on will still have a pretty good role uh, and actually could be a top-tier tight end for the first couple of weeks. I think once Michael Gallup comes back, maybe within you know four or five weeks, halfway through the season, and starts picking up speed, uh, I do think Schultz becomes like the third target there. Uh, and Schultz was productive, of course, with CBM, Cooper, and Michael Gallup all on the field. Uh, but he was okay. I think he was like he was like the guy you hope would just if he didn't catch a touchdown, he wasn't that good. I think for the first couple of weeks, he's going to be up there with a lot of the other the top-tier tight ends. Um, so I probably, uh, I think now that I'm say, talking, I'm kind of talking myself into bringing him up into like that Goddard areas. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. Anyway, so for Schultz, I, I'm pretty, I, I do like him. I think he's good. I just think like you're going to get a two, tale of two seasons, a two halves of his season. Um, he's going to need the, I think he's going to be on fire to start off, but I think he's going to kind of fade away, uh, as the season, season goes and Stephen Lamb and Michael Gallup start commanding more attention. You know, now this is like the first year I truly believe in Tony Pollard kind of as like a standalone player, um, which is why I drafted him. So I, I think that Tony Pollard also will take away from, um, Schultz with the whole I know they wanted to do a lot of two back sets with Zeke and Schultz uh, and uh, what's his name uh, Pollard running out of the backfield or playing from the slot uh, I think I think you will still have some level of competition for Schultz but I think he'll still be good enough and I to be honest he is the best red zone target for them even more than C.E. Lamb and uh, Gallup in my opinion cool uh, we'll talk about Ertz. Ertz, I honestly am not, he, he's like high volume, low touchdowns. I feel like he's not going to score that much. He's like the opposite of what Schultz will be to me. Uh, I'm not too keen on the Cardinals offense as well. Um, they lost Chase Edmonds. They lost DeAndre Hopkins for six weeks. And even with DeAndre Hopkins gone, he's going to be, uh, he, he's kind of falling off the cliff. Kyler always like forgets how to play football. Halfway through the season, um, I think if Kyler can stay healthy, Ertz can still be good. But I think, yeah, and they lost Christian Kirk. I, I, there's a lot of targets open to Ertz, and he could be good. Up, you know, is he a safe bet? I don't think so. But is he the worst bet? Probably not. You're not going to do much worse. You're not going to do much better than Ertz the round you drafted him in. So, um, I think he'll be fine. I'm just not super keen on it. I'm not a biggest Kyler fan. I think he is a fun player. He has really flashy moments, but I don't think he's like a winning player. Uh, plus, with his injury history, I don't think he's going to be able to sustain Ertz for too long. I, and I could have that on my face. I could be totally wrong, but that's what I. That's kind of what my gut is telling me right now. Dawson Knox, uh, I I was actually pretty high on Dawson Knox in the beginning, but the more I thought about it, the more I worry that like, like Josh Allen's great, but can everyone is it a similar situation as like the um, 49ers? Can all of these pieces be supported? Like Stephon Diggs is gonna get his. He is the number one. Gabe Davis probably will be involved a lot too. 
and maybe Dawson Knox comes in third there, but then there's also Isaiah McKenzie, who I know Josh Allen does love his slot receivers because he, he threw to Cole Beasley a lot. Um, I feel like Dawson Knox's role won't change too much from last year, even with all those, uh, with Sanders and Beasley gone. So I think he'll be like a really good touchdown play. You got you if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's bust for you. If he's, but he has the potential to score two touchdowns in a game. Uh, you know, again for Anthony, like the, where you draft Austin Knox near the end of the draft, pretty well, it, it, that's good. I think that's great. I wouldn't be uh, like upset with having Dawson Knox. I wouldn't really be upset with having any of these tight ends on my team except Kittle, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and maybe I probably wouldn't be too thrilled with having Goddard just because Goddard is a, a much higher pick than the, a lot of the other bottom tier uh, running, uh, tight ends. Um, and realistically, the way the tight end position works, right, you the difference between like tight end six and tight end twenty is like like twenty points over the season, right? It's nothing. But the difference between tight end one and tight end six is significant. So again, that's where I was at, and I already chatted a little bit about Hawkinson, but I I gave Hawkinson the lowest value because I think he's a high he's like a high ish draft pick. I don't trust Goff, even in the Ram, even in the high-powered Rams offense. Higby really did not do much. It was all about the receivers. Uh, people are sleeping on DJ Chark. They have DJ Chark. They have Alvin Ross Brown. They have Jamal Williams. They've got uh, DeAndre Swift. I just don't see a world where DeAndre Swift is the running back one. Alvin Ross is a high-end wide receiver too, and Hawkinson is consistently a really good tight end. Um, Mainly because I project, I feel like DJ Chuck is probably going to be in like a wide receiver two range too, you know. Um, and Jamal Williams will have his value. I think Hawkinson will have some really great games, but I feel like from a week to week basis, unless something significant has changed in the last couple of, in the last year or so, uh, I don't. I just don't. I just don't like. I just don't believe in Hawkinson to be honest. Okay. Cool. Well, I thought this was going to be much shorter than all of the others, uh, and it's a little bit shorter, uh, so I can talk about QBs, but I don't think I have time to really talk about the QBs without going into like an hour-long podcast, so I think I will sign off there. So that is number three. Maybe if I'm up for it, I'll run through number four and number five today and schedule them all to be peppered throughout this uh, week. And yeah, that sounds sounds good. I will keep you guys. I uh, look forward to seeing you guys next week or for the next podcast.